Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. What's up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Michael Borky. It is Mailback Friday. It is the people's holiday. It's back. A uh, little bit of a plan change. I kind of dropped the ball on Greg today. So no Greg's picks, but we'll get into the LB's Pick'em, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go see him for all your meat needs. Holiday season's coming up. Got family in town if you're in the Oxford area or really anywhere drivable. You should go see it, Greg at LB's and throw some stuff on the grill and watch some football and enjoy uh, your, each other's company, as I'm sure all family and in-laws do at all times with no problems whatsoever. But anyway, it is uh, – Mailbag Friday, we've got your questions. We've got three, uh, we've got four, three and a half people on the show today. We've got myself, Borky, and then as I'm looking at Twitter, Borky has his son on the baby mom monitor up next to his equipment. And that counts as a full person, but my roommate's dog is also here who made a grand entrance the first time we tried to record it. So he's just sitting here staring at me because I think he thinks his coffee is food. So... Uh, packed house today. I mean, maybe we'll get some pics from your son and uh, this dog if uh, if it works out. They will probably end up being better than us. But <laughs> what's up? I, I just had to mute the baby monitor too. He's uh, he's getting a little fussy today. So I mean, the technology on thing on these things is pretty incredible. It gives you an inaccurate uh, temperature as well. Um, so that's pretty cool because it says it's eighty degrees in there, and it is not eighty degrees in there. But uh, He's uh, He's been a little feisty this morning, so I, I can watch him and make sure that he's not hurting himself, uh, but I can't have the volume on because he would just destroy uh, all of your uh, listening pleasure today. So that's the temperature of the room? Apparently, but it's definitely, I mean, it says it's 80 degrees. It's not 80 degrees in the room. Uh, there's, I mean, absolutely no way. I mean, it's cold in my house right now. For some reason, and I can't figure it out, I've even Googled it, my, uh, uh, thermostat when you adjust it it has the word temporary above it so it'll get to the temperature you want and then like an hour later it'll go back to 64 for some reason and i can't figure out why like i've googled it i've youtubed it and there's nothing that i i don't get it so it is definitely not 80 degrees in here because i can't keep it at 60 degrees almost it's, it's terrible i've got this picture up of your son he has some tiny socks on. Are those Adidas? Is that what I see? Uh, they're not Adidas, but yeah, he's got some little socks on. I just saw and, a triangle-looking thing, and I guess. So what is his, like, does he's, his, most of his life right now consist of laying in the crib, y'all taking him out whenever, like, like what, what is his daily routine? Because whatever he's doing right then looks pretty sweet. It's better than what <laughs> I'm going to do today. Uh, well, he is, uh, he was two months, two days ago. And so it's still, I mean, he's, like, he knows who we are. And, and like, we can play with him a little bit, but he can still, I mean, barely hold his head up on his own. So most of his day consists of eating and napping. I mean, you'll get an hour here or there where, like, he'll want to sit in your lap and, like, you, uh, like, shake rattlers and stuff, and he'll smile and, and all that. But generally speaking, it's still just mostly eating and pooping and sleeping. That's about it still. God, I would kill for that kind of lifestyle. Um, yeah, so so is that is that the bassinet or whatever y'all made fun of me for? Or is that a full-on crib now? Well, 
I've got him in the crib right now. Um, but no, I didn't know what He's a bassinet got two was either. Uh, basically, yeah, and one of them uh, is on wheels, so you can take it anywhere. It's pretty sweet. Um, he's got Damn. this chair now, too, which is his favorite thing. It, it sits really low to the ground, and it just, like, it vibrates. The whole thing. So he's, it's almost like a hammock, too, because there's no support under his body. It's, it's like a hammock that he sleeps in that you just push a little button, and the whole thing vibrates. It's got to be the most comfortable thing to, that you could ever lay in, and babies have it, and we don't. Doesn't seem right, but whatever. No, it doesn't. If anyone need, I probably need that way more than your kid does. Uh, I guess we'll just get to these questions and kind of see where this gives us. We had fairly low participation, uh, so a pretty weak ending to the uh, holiday season or weak ending to the year. Uh, maybe we'll take some questions on Monday too. I don't know. Uh, it's that one, it's that time of year though, man. I mean, yeah, it, people aren't really paying attention. It's holiday season. People are out of the work routine. If we're being honest, people probably haven't gotten work done since Thanksgiving. Like everyone <laughs> seems to be checked out. Yeah, and I mean, get. I guess we still won't have much movement on Lane Kiffin's staff until after. Uh, the NFL season's over anyway, but I guess that's the only thing newsworthy coming up until the fourth when the hoops team plays Wichita State. Otherwise, it's a pretty weak next couple of weeks. I know we have yeah, a playoff we, in eight days, though. Yeah, we do. Which uh, I mean, I guess like as far as schedule wise, it works out just because it's. I mean, it's Christmas, then New Year's, and then like I feel like from pretty much this weekend on, no one's going to have a normal routine. I know some people have to work after Christmas and stuff like that. Like, no one's going to have a normal routine until after the new year, it seems like. Yeah, pretty much, which is fine. First question we've got is from Jared Robinson. It says, what do you make of Franco Miller getting 12 minutes last Saturday against MTSU? Is Kermit Davis giving him another opportunity? I admittedly was not at this game, as I think I mentioned on Monday's show. I was at a wedding in Birmingham uh, for a close friend of mine. I watched some of it. I didn't notice much about this. Uh, it's that may be a product of uh, time and score. Was how big of a blowout was it with twelve minutes left? Uh, significant. Uh, I mean, they they were much better than middle. And then, as we talked about Monday, Brian Tyree just uh, I mean had the game of his career. So it wasn't close at all. Um, I, honestly, I didn't even really notice that he was in there. I guess I should have. It's probably an indictment on me more so than it is um, anything else. But um, I wouldn't read into it unless he starts getting minutes like against Wichita State here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly good uh, to have that because I, I think, I mean, not that they're a thin team right now, but they haven't had much depth in the backcourt when Schuer and Tyree go off the floor. Miller really didn't do a whole lot. He didn't, I don't think he recorded a statistic other than the 12 minutes, but I mean, that was a, it was a guy that really his career never has really gotten going. He played some in the first five games. So maybe he's given him another opportunity. Maybe it was another product to the score. Uh, as far as backup point guard-wise, I think Bryce Williams probably has most of that on lockdown right now if it's not uh, Shuler or Tyree because, like, it's kind of – the team's better equipped for Tyree to play the one this year than they were last year. Things kind of went to crap offensively when Tyree had to do that and Shuler was out last year, which is why Shuler was – pretty much the most valuable player on Ole Miss's team uh, and not even really close, which is weird to say with Terrence Davis. But anyway. It, you it can't hear that, can you? I hate to interrupt you. You can't hear that, right? I mean, he's what, really fussing. yelling? But, no, yeah. no, I don't. I, no, I can't, I okay, can't hear yeah. anything. Maybe yeah, he just wants uh, to chime he is, in. 
he is not happy. Um, and he'll be fine. He likes the crib. It's just I moved him from that chair I was telling you about right before we started recording to the crib, and uh, he's not happy. So as long as you can't hear that, I can. But if you can't, we're all good. Sorry. No, no, all good. But uh, anyway, they they the backup point guard role, I guess, is not as vital as it was a year ago. But I think Bryce Woods pretty much has it on lockdown. Though he only played five minutes in that game the other night, which is kind of interesting. But, I mean, Tyree did play – 37 and Schuler played 35 so there I guess there wouldn't weren't, weren't very many minutes to be had so I don't know I guess it's something to monitor going forward we'll see I'll be in Jackson tomorrow for Ole Miss's exhibition at the Coliseum they're still playing games at the uh, Mississippi Coliseum which uh I'm not like an arena snob I mean like I covered games in the tad pad I've been to worse places but I, I have I take that back. I've been to bad places. I've not been to worse places than this. It is it really does amaze me that they still play like major college games in the Mississippi Coliseum. I think last year, in order for this game to happen, if I'm not mistaken, Ole Miss made them install like new lights. Otherwise, it was literally just not not playable, and it was still pretty dim in there. It was a weird vibe. They had a good crowd. People came out. I think people enjoyed it, but like. Good lord! Like they, they've got to do something to that place, and it might consist of bulldozing it. I don't know. Yeah, and I expect a pretty good crowd tomorrow as well. I know a lot of people that I've talked to that live around here are planning on going to the game. I, I think we mentioned this on Monday, but in case we didn't, I wonder because Kermit Davis. Uh, in, ca- in if you didn't miss listen to the radio show yesterday, we had an interview uh, with uh, Richard and Kermit Davis, and he said him he himself was surprised at the crowd. Uh, for the Middle Tennessee State game on that Saturday, students were gone, and you know it's early December against a bad opponent. And uh, I wasn't there, but the arena on TV uh, looked really full. I mean, relatively speaking, of course. And I wonder how much that has to do with not hiring Lane Kiffin specifically, but getting Keith Carter and then Keith hitting the ground running. I mean, we talked about on this podcast how – uh, the hire at the time was viewed negatively just because it was another promotion from within. But Keith Carter ended all of that skepticism, uh, I mean, immediately with uh, making quick action and doing the right thing by moving on in football. I mean, he's been an executioner at this point. There's a volleyball coach that's gone. I mean, he's doing a lot of things here. And hiring a new exciting football coach, Kiffin, no Kiffin regardless, has uplifted a fan base that will support other things now. I think it was Andy Kennedy that always said, football, if football's good, basketball attendance is better, just by default, no matter what the basketball team is like, because people are more excited about just Ole Miss. And I think you're kind of seeing that, or at least you saw it uh, in the Middle Tennessee State game. I don't know how much of a difference it would have made, but if – a change was not made in football. I'm putting on my tinfoil hat here. I don't think the crowd's as big for the basketball game. I really don't because the excitement level is just gone and it carries over from sport to sport. Mike Bianco, I think, in the past has said something about it. I know Andy Kennedy did. It's a real thing. Now that people are more excited, I bet they're more willing to go support the basketball team. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think there's definitely something to it because it's not like a – rooting for a professional sports team where it's just that one team, like people, I guess, that root for Ole Miss, most of them, I think, do it in multiple sports. So if the main draw, which the main draw for Ole Miss athletics, with you know, without a shadow of a doubt is football, 
is good, then I think there's obviously go, always going to be a trickle-down effect. Uh, I mean, you kind of see the same thing economically as far as just like when football season tickets are good and attendance is good and, you know, the money's coming in and they're playing well and playing in bowl games and all that stuff and getting bowl revenue, which you would pretty much get even, unless you're on probation, which Ole Miss has found itself on semi-regularly over the last couple of decades. You know, it, there's a trickle-down effect there too. So I, I do think there's something to that. I think people are excited. I, I wasn't, again, I wasn't there but it seemed like there was kind of a jolt in the building when Kiffin came in and did the TV interview and all that. Yeah, I think people were excited in general. And I, I think it goes just beyond that, though. Like, I think you're onto something there. But isn't it just kind of having – I don't want to spoil this here, but I, I sat down with Keith for like an hour and 20 minutes yesterday in his office for something that probably won't drop until after the new year. But we were just talking about some stuff like that. But I think it's that the school finally seems to have like some sort of direction. I know the Glenn Boyce thing. Like you think about in October when they hired Glenn Boyce, like it seemed like this place had gone to rock bottom in terms of just like, oh boy, they've rigged another hire. Like this place has no direction. Like the good old boys truck again. Whatever you want to say, it seemed like for the from Glenn from that moment to say four years prior, people were really just looking for things to be pissed off about, and rightfully so because of what the school went through both on the football field, off the football field. Now it seems like they, they have a di- kind of dynamic decision maker in place and this place has direction. And so things don't seem all doom and gloom to people who care about this place. And so that's why I think you're seeing a spike in people's just attitude in general. Cause I mean, you saw how many people showed up for Kiffin's introductory thing. I think it's carrying over to basketball. Um, so yeah, I think you're definitely onto something there. It's uh it's interesting to watch how quickly it's turned because, like, again, back in October when I'm standing there covering the, um, the, I say, I mean, it was a protest when they tried to introduce Glenn Boyce and it was a disaster and you had people kicking through and protesters getting arrested. It's just like, this place is an absolute circus and it's not going to get any better anytime soon, but it got cleaned up a month later. Who would have thought all it would take is someone to make halfway decent decisions? <laughs> it's amazing how that works. I know you're not a big politics guy and, I'm not really either, so I don't remember the names, but I do know that there was an election, a a gubernatorial election in Louisiana during football season, and a Republican was trying to unseat a Democrat, and the Democrat won, and a, a strategist that worked on the Democrats' campaign straight up said, part of the reason why we won is because our opponent was running on change and we need to fix this and change this and change that. And they were like, the state was just so happy with how the football teams were playing that when your messages change, they didn't like it because why would we change anything? Our football teams are good. We're happy. So don't change anything. I mean, that was not what made or broke the election, but a Democratic strategist straight up said in Louisiana, you could not run on change in this election because the Saints are kicking ass and LSU's kicking ass and everybody's happy about it. Yeah, it's almost like people have an unhealthy appetite for football in this country. <laughs> Which is wild to me as much as it is, the the these spawn-off professional leagues haven't succeeded. Like to me, that part of it makes no sense. But I, I guess it's just the NFL and, and and major college football are so entrenched. I don't know. It seems like people have gotten in a routine, but uh, it's interesting to me how obsessed people obsessed people are with football. And I'm not. I mean, I enjoy football as well, particularly NFL football. 
But it, like as, as obsessed as we are as a country with it, why in the world has it not worked in the spring for long term? I like, wonder if people just get burned out of it. I know we love football, but uh, I mean, by February, I kind of just want to take a break from it. Yeah, that's probably some of it. It's probably just a routine where you get the NCAA tournament and then NBA playoffs and then nothing but baseball and then football comes back for a while. So it's probably just a sense of routine. The next question we got from Paul is top of your Christmas list. I don't really have a Christmas list. I don't really ask for much. I uh, $5,000. Yeah, I would love to have $5,000. <laughs> if somebody out there would like to give me that for Christmas, my uh, my Venmo is open. Um yeah, I don't. I don't mean. I'm past the age where I get like, like Chris. Like I benefit from still having two younger brothers to some degree. So my parents would be like, "Hey, give us a thing or two that you want, and we'll get it." But other than that, I don't really. Ha- I didn't really actually want anything. I, I don't really have a Christmas list. Uh, yeah, me either. I mean, we're we're seeing the fam, my family uh, this Christmas since we did hers for Thanksgiving, and uh, we got a, a group text that said, "Hey, you know, don't buy presents for each other. Just buy stuff for the kids." I, my sister's got a a year and four month old and I've got mine. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Uh, Because we don't need anything. That kid needs so much stuff. And yeah. So my Christmas list is anything that can help uh, my little one. How many fights did Rippy get in, in the Jackson Academy playground? I, uh, not very many. I wasn't much of a, uh, I was more of a uh, like crotch shot and run type of guy because when you're like little, you got to pick your <laughs> shots. So, like, I wasn't taking anyone behind like the monkey bars or anything. I was mostly just like stirring the pot a little bit. We didn't really have any playground fights that I remember. I don't even really remember any. Like, like there was no like classic like meet me by the flagpole or whatever at three o'clock and everyone's just gonna like gather around while we knock the shit out of each other. Like, I I don't remember much about like. Did your high school have that? We didn't have very many fights. We had a lot of fights uh, in our high school, um, but none of which was really um, – I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an ass, but like I played football in high school, and all the football players just kind of hung out together, and so none of us were involved with any of the fights because we, we were a pretty tight-knit group. All the fights that happened in school were like people that we didn't know. So it wasn't like one of my best friends got in a fight and it was like this big drama. Like none of us got in fights at school. It was just like this random one-off of two kids that you've never seen or heard from before. But it happened all the time, just none that we were really involved in. Yeah, so we didn't have that because my school was so small. There was no, like, no one would ever pop up that you'd never heard of. Like I think I graduated with like 80-something people. So like my school was so small that like if somebody was fighting, like everyone knew about it. I was 560. I mean, there was a kid. Uh, so one of my best friends, a groomsman at my wedding, uh, went to Ole Miss with me. I mean, we just wanted to go out and do something else. Uh, Clemson didn't have a J school. We talked about this, I think, last Friday. Um, and just we wanted to do something else. And his brother told us that uh, when he was in college at South Carolina, uh, his road trip to watch South Carolina play at Ole Miss was the most fun he ever had. And he wished he would have transferred. So we checked it out. And that's where we went to school. Um on our high school graduation day, a kid walked across the stage that we had never seen before that also went to Ole Miss. We had never heard his name, nothing. It was like, I don't even remember his name still to this day, but it was like John Doe, Ole Miss. And Patrick and I were like, wait, what? 
no idea who this kid is. First time we're seeing it, and we're going to the same school together. That's the kind of place we had. I mean, I think it was 3,000 students in the school. So it was just different. That is a uh, much different experience growing up. I think I'd probably prefer the latter to the former, although graduating with 80 wasn't terrible. I had a roommate uh, that graduated with, like, seven. Like, he was small Delta private school. Like, I can't even imagine that. Like, I bet prom was lit. Um, <laughs> it was the one poor, one poor guy that got left out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better have it even. I mean, what if it's five girls and two dudes? Then you're really just in a predicament. Anyway, this is probably a road we don't need to go down. But they had to have, like <laughs> combined with the public school or something. I would imagine. I don't think I ever asked him about that. I'm sure I made some smart ass remark, but I don't think I ever asked what they actually did. Uh, oh, here's a good one. What are your top three moments with your in your relationship with five? And that is in reference to Mike Bianco. Boy, I could do an hour-long podcast on this. I might could do three hours on this. But might be something we do leading up to baseball season. Just open the floor to you and let you tell Mike Bianco stories. Yeah, I <laughs> I'll tell a couple. I don't care. I don't think Mike knows what podcasts are. He uh I'm sure he doesn't listen to them. So Hmm. Ask Mike Bianco what a podcast is, your next media opportunity. I bet he knows what it is at this point because Chase Parham, who actually asked this question, tells a pretty solid story about how uh, he said so Mike's been on their podcast once or twice before. And this was like, you know, Chase has been around it for like eight, nine, ten years, something at that point. It may be longer. I may be selling him short there. But at some point, like last year or two years ago, Mike just looked at him while we were sitting there to meet up and goes, hey, do you guys have a podcast? Like asking him this after he had been on it probably two or three times over the years. So uh, I, I don't think Mike. Uh, I don't think Mike's like, you know, plugging in NPR's culpable or something uh, while he's rolling down the highway. So I'll give at least. Hmm, I'm trying to think of any good ones. Like really, it's just him getting pissy with me after games. Like there was a day at Louisville last year where I was covering those two games before the SEC ba- – we're going down the national for the SEC basketball tournament, and it was the second game. They lost the first game in a close one. The second game, uh, they threw Houston Roth, who I think was kind of injured. He just got his brains beaten in. They got lost like 10 to nothing. And I'm down there with uh, Colin Brister, who's actually stringing for the spirit that day, and it's just us two. And every single question I ask, Mike is answering with one-word answers. And then Colin will ask a question, and he'll give a semi-decent answer, but not very happy about it. So after, like, the <laughs> third question, he just stares at me. And then I kind of tur- looked at Colin. I was like, this is a pointless exercise. I just turned around. I think the entire exchange was probably 36 seconds. But he just decided that day that, uh, that I was going to get one word per question. So uh, it would have taken me a while to actually develop any quotes for anything. There was... Another one at Arkansas in 2017 where they had just won a series to, like, save their NCAA tournament hopes and save their season. And I'm the only one there covering the games. And I walked down, and I'm thinking, oh, they lost the third game, but they it was one of those weather-shortened things. So they had won Friday, Friday night and then, like, destroyed them in the first game Saturday, lost a close one. But they won two out of three and pretty much saved their entire year. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be in a pretty good mood. And he, Mike, like, doesn't like it when someone asks a bunch of questions in a row. Like, 
the legendary Bob Holt, Mike would just stuff him in a locker if he gets too out of hand with his questions, like like nothing he did at the Super Regional last year. Uh, and we were down there, and some guy from Arkansas's SEC country, which is back when SEC country had like five reporters covering everything, comes down to get the away perspective from the loss, I guess, and asks Mike just like five really terrible questions in a row. Mike answers him no problem, but you could tell his blood's just boiling over this guy. Like he, he wants him to go away. And then the guy finally goes away. And the first question I ask, he just lets me have it about that guy. So, so <laughs> I, I'm sitting there. They, they just won a series that saved their entire season. This guy comes in and basically just stirs up a hurricane and then leaves. And I have to deal with the mess is basically what happened there. So I'm just, I like walked off the field that day. I was like, I don't know what else I could have done. Like, maybe I'm the one that should have asked all the questions and then just left that guy to get yelled at. I don't know. But those are two pretty good ones. After that, it's just small, subtle shots. Like, one day in the middle of the season last year, he just called me called me over after a game, and this is before our, like, group interviews. And he just asked, started asking me questions about my job description. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, we do this. He's like, don't y'all have radio? I was like, yes. Y'all have a website? Yes. And they said, okay. I walked back over there and it was like nothing happened. He just wanted to kind of, kind of, I guess, get a whiff of me and Marcus territory. I don't really know what was going on there. That was a weird day as well. So those are three. I can't really think anything right else right now. But if something pops up, I'll interject. Three pretty good ones though. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, I bet he will never hear this. I bet he does not know this medium exists. Anyway, next question: Top five dad movies. I don't know what a dad movie is. I don't know what a dad movie is either. I'm still, uh, I think I'm too young of a dad to know what a dad movie is. However, I did watch the entire Parks and Recreation series uh, in two and a half nights, I think two weeks ago, because it was my turn to stay up with the little guy, and he just would not go to sleep, and he would not stop fussing, and he would not go to sleep, so I just put on Parks and Rec, and two days later, I'm done with seven seasons. Wow, that's a lot of television. It's, I mean, it's 20-minute episodes, and if you're up, I mean, my wife, um, she went to bed at like 9-ish, and so I was up until like 7 the next morning just doing nothing but watching Parks and Rec and trying to console a fussy baby, and uh, did that for a few days, and that was it. I can't. I don't think I've ever done anything like that. I finished House of Cards pretty quickly, but that's too long to do in like a short amount of time. That would make you be like, "Oh gosh, I I don't know what a dad movie is." So I'm gonna move on for that one. Over under on Lane Kiffin's visits to the retreat pool. I hope zero. Actually, I don't care what that guy does. Uh, Ole Miss probably hopes zero. But um, I know I know the questions in a, in a joking matter, and I know people joke about that. But there are actually people out there that think that Lane Kiffin is gonna be like at the KA party on Friday night, like doing beer bongs on the back porch. Like that is not really what he's ever been. I know there are some stories uh, about stuff in his past, but none of it involves that. And like, he may very well be at the library one Friday night, but there are people that like national media guys were like, Oh my God, Lane Kiffin in the Grove. What do you think is going to happen there? He will never go to the Grove. Like, what are you talking about? He'll never be there. The only time Lane Kiffin will ever go to the Grove is when the team walks through it with a police escort. I, 
I'm aware that there's some stuff about his past, but when people think that he's just going to be like some middle-aged former frat guy, like running around with two tridelts under under his arm every Friday night, I, I, use your brain. I mean, that that is not going to happen. Like, oh, look out for Lane Kiffin in the Grove. He will never go to it. He'll never be there, ever. Well, yeah, I mean, the Grove's not really right. realistic. Right, but people say that. It's like, what are you talking about? I think what? the media types that say that, like I saw Pat Forty and Dan Wetzel on a podcast, which Pat Forty being a hat backwards guy at 50 years old while recording a podcast is the least surprising thing of all time. I was like, God, this is so on brand. That's a sick snapback. Anyway, <laughs> they're sitting there talking about it. And they're just laughing at how ludicrous the idea is. It's like it's a perfect marriage. And they equated it to, like, uh, a guy on his third marriage marrying, like, the Vegas bottle service girl or whatever. And it's like you two nerds have never been at a bar in your life and you're just trying to sound cool. Like, that's pretty much the crutch of this. Yeah, I get the Joey Freshwater thing, like, kind of took on a life of its own has kind of become an urban legend. But to your point, like, I mean, he is 40-something years old with uh, three kids and, like, I I don't know whether his – anyway, but beyond that, like, yeah, I'm, I don't think he's actually going to do anything. Now, will he be like Andy Kennedy and in the offseason or, you know, sometimes have, go have a good time at library? I have no idea. I would lean no, but if he does, like, I, I think he'll be able to stay out of trouble. Like, at least he's not calling – I have a feeling he won't be doing that in Oxford. It, see, what I – and maybe I'm wrong. I very well could be wrong. But what I've picked up in the last 10 days or so – is this is a dude that actually thinks and is going to try to do everything he can to win football games. Like, this is not some guy that's just going to screw around all week long, be at the bar, hang out at the Tridelt house, or, you know, switch from Tridelt to KD and just go down Sorority Row and, and just hang out and not give a shit. Like, he has struck me as a guy that actually will do what it takes to win. And you can't have that lifestyle that everybody thinks he's going to have and win. And even if he does go do things like that, I have a feeling it's not going to be in Oxford. Like, they can't talk to recruits for the next couple of weeks. I bet he's in California soon for, for days. That or filling out a staff. Like, he's, he's, got, he's got a lot you of can do that from anywhere. right now. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, though. But the yeah. larger point is anybody that expects like every Friday night there to be a new video of Lane Kiffin, like bar surfing at funkies, like Katy Perry did, you're going to be very, very disappointed. I don't think there's ever been one in general. Like it seems to me, this guy likes having people like over to his house and stuff. And I don't mean like, like inappropriately. I just mean like, I don't think this guy goes out much uh, in general. Uh, And even if he does, at least it'll be above board and not secretive and hush hush. And like, lying i mean it, that's going to be another problem is the first time he does go out in oxford and has a beer like people are going to take pictures and it'll go viral and oh lane kiffin's up to his regular stuff as if like an adult man can't have a, a beer uh on a weekend night yeah it's uh it, but people like to have fun with it most of it like i i get it it's kind of funny but like the the media nerds talking about it like that really really cracked me up what's your best round at ccj I guess recorded round. I think I shot 72 in the club championship one year. Uh, that was back when I actually hit the golf ball okay. Uh, that was like 11th grade uh, year in high school. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone was wondering that. How many hours, this is from dear friend Neil McCready, how many hours do you spend preparing antagonistic questions for a certain baseball coach 
Also, did he send you a Christmas card? Uh, well, I spend all winter preparing the questions, so I have enough to last me through May or June, depending on how they go to the postseason. But yeah, that's pretty much my entire goal is just to uh, to uh, get him riled up, not 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 to seek any information. Did he send me a Christmas card? No, but if I do get a Christmas card of Mike in his uniform uh, and his three sons in all of their uniforms, it, it probably would make my entire entire Christmas. So, Mike, if you are listening to this, please send me your Christmas card. Worst Christmas song ever. I'm not a big Christmas music guy. I don't like vehemently hate it so I can fire off some sick tweet and get likes on the internet. But like I, I don't really I don't really get in the spirit. I like Christmas. I'm not saying that. But I, I don't really get like I don't really get like hyped up by Christmas music. So you might be the right one for this because I know you play a bunch on the board. Uh is there a bad one? Uh yeah, this one right here. Yeah, like, I don't know if I've ever heard that one before now. It's terrible. Uh, I like Christmas music, though. I, I'm one of those people. I, I play it on the show, uh, you know, a few days into December, all the way up until Christmas. I uh, I like it. Yeah, I, I, I don't dislike Christmas music. I just like, I mean, if it's on, cool. If it's not, like, I, 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 I honestly, I don't know how many Christmas songs I could name. Like, if you play the song, I'd be like, I've heard that before. I, I don't really know how many I could name. How many I'm a big games? fan of Frank Sinatra. And is, it, is he a big Christmas guy? Uh, people equate him to Christmas because he's probably got the best Christmas album ever made. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll put on Sinatra Christmas, and my wife loves it as well, and we'll sit and if we're doing stuff around the house or whatever and uh, play Sinatra's Christmas album. I, I'm a big fan of his, even though apparently he was a really bad dude in real life, but his music is awesome. I just remember having to read Frank Sinatra has a cold in like four different journalism classes, which is fantastic piece for the New Yorker. I don't actually remember uh, who wrote that though, which I should, but that's like the classic one they give you like the whole lesson of the thing is Sinatra wouldn't grant the reporter an interview. So they wrote the entire story just following him around that he allowed, but he wouldn't talk to him. But, uh, Fascinating stuff. Yeah, he was an interesting guy. I think he was just like so obsessed with uh, remaining relevant and like remaining spotlighted and just like so driven. I think it probably shut shut some people, uh, turned some people off and shut some people out of his life. So there's your Frank Sinatra take for the day. Have you ever been dunked on? Yes, a bunch. Um, I never played basketball at a high enough level to get dunked on. <laughs> well, when you go to JA, there is no don't play basketball type of thing. It's like, hey, like, you want to play basketball? Okay, sweet. Here's your stuff. Like, there weren't enough people to the where you actually really had tryouts. So, uh, yes, but mostly we used to play in these uh, summer league deals where we would go. Like, it wasn't AAU, but we would go to, like, like different gyms in Jackson and play, like, scrimmage games. And you would get kids from, like, Murrah and Provine, and they would they – would, they would throw it down on you. So, yes, I have been dunked on. This question's dumb. Here's a serious one. Wait, oh, no, I'm not reading that one. Never mind. Uh, there's been a... <laughs> which, which one? Uh, uh, who's it from? Raw Dog Rogers. So, uh, yeah. yeah. The name itself should tell you enough. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. The man's bio, it's Raw Dog Rogers, and it says, 
be a fool. Uncover your tool. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay, never mind. I'm moving on from that. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's that was quite something. Uh, there have been a lot of talk about Corral, Plumley, and Tisdale. It seems like Dent fits this Lane Kiffin quarterback profile better. Could he be a legitimate shot to play? Uh, I don't think so because I don't think Kincaid Ditt has near the arm talent of Matt Corral, and I think Tisdale is better than him as well, probably throwing the ball wise. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I get shocked, but I, I just don't ever see a world where Kincaid Ditt's a starter here. Yeah, Barring injury. It, not saying this is coming from DSU Reb who, who asked the question. Uh, I just, especially a lot of people around here, um, uh, are stands for uh, Kincaid Dent because of where he played high school football. And yeah, because we're a football factory. Yeah. And not, so, I mean, he had like a couple of decent series in the spring game, and he's a quarterback from a Jackson private school. And there are certain people, not saying it's you, DSU Red, but people around here like are obsessed with the kid because of those facts and not so much because of what kind of football player he currently is. Now, Lane Kiffin's going to give all of them equal opportunity to become the starter. There's no incumbent. Uh, I, I believe him when he says that, especially with the way he handled the signing day press conference. That's a guy that, I mean, for lack of a better term, doesn't give a shit. Like, he doesn't care about if you're from Mississippi or not. He doesn't care about anything. All he cares about is winning football games, and so if Kim K. Dent's the best guy, then he will play. But you're seeing, or I get a lot of that from people around here that want him to play because of where he's from and not what his potential could be, if that makes sense. I do think he can play quarterback at the college level. I don't necessarily know like what program or where would fit him best, but I just don't think he's beating out. like like His problem... Two is he's at a, he's in an incredibly crowded quarterback room where everyone's roughly the same age. I mean, that's going to end up being a problem for everyone but one of these guys anyway. Like, if, eventually. Like, last year was not conventional by any stretch of the imagination. So when it's all said and done with, like, it's going uh, – this crowded quarterback room with talented guys is going to be a problem for everyone but one person, basically. Now, maybe, obviously, you're always only one injury away – and if you're talking about Ole Miss football in the half, last half decade, they know as well as anybody making it through the season with one quarterback is is kind of hard and kind of a blessing. So maybe one sticks around as a backup because again, as the cliche goes, you're just one play away. But like for multiple like multiple guys in this whole deal, that that's going to end up being a problem, and they're probably going to end up eventually go elsewhere. Particularly if Dent wants to play, I'll be interested to see if he kind of explores his options elsewhere. Um, I, I get that he probably wants to compete and, and probably believes in himself and all that. And I'm not necessarily discounting his chances to, I don't know, maybe kind of move up and develop because they're all young. But I'm just pointing out, I'm not even sure it's an issue specific to him in the sense that, like, there's only going to be one dude that plays next year. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, either Corral or Tisdale enter the portal again, even though Corral never did uh, after the spring. If one of them clearly separates from the other, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them leaves. And then also you have the element of if Plumlee does not win the job, they could move him to a, a different position or multiple different positions, including like a Wildcat quarterback. So the room could thin out pretty quickly considering a, a potential Plumlee move. And I do think that one of those two guys will eventually leave if there is separation after the spring. 
Yeah, sure, because these kids didn't come here to sit. They all want to play. And they first and foremost, they want to win the – I mean, I'm not saying anything that no one already uh, – already doesn't know but like yeah these kids want to play like that that's kind of what they're here for and they don't win this job they're going to go try to play somewhere else as they should i mean the, who who i i don't know any kid particularly in this day and age that wants to play sit spend their entire college career sitting and backing up somebody so yeah i i think if they all hadn't have been freshmen last year you might have seen someone leave beforehand then like if those were three true sophomores or juniors competing for the job someone's leaving after corral's name the starter right because I, I know think it was so. say just say it was an open competition. They're all junior. Someone was leaving. Like having three of those kids on the roster, all that good, and all, I think that was more of a product of them all being freshmen than anything. Anyway, let's see. Did you know that when turtles hibernate, their main source of oxygen comes from cloak call respiration they breathe out of their butt. That's from DSU Reb as well. So back to back, just <laughs> solid questions there. Thanks, uh, that man. doesn't even run to question. That was just a deal dropping a knowledge bomb on us. Yeah, you learn something new every day. Yeah, I, I did not know turtles breathed out of their ass. Thank you, DSU Reb. Um, let's see. Someone chimed in about the fight question. A dear friend of mine from high school. Uh, how many of those did he bring on himself? All of them, if I ever was in one. But I don't think I ever found myself in a fight in a day in my life. Who would win a – what does everyone's deal with fighting? Who would win a Royal Rumble out of the people currently covering the Ole Miss beat? Hmm. I don't count, but I think I would take all those losers. I, I'm going to go Ben. I think Ben wouldn't stop until someone was dead. <laughs> if you pissed Ben off the right way, I think I think Ben would cease – Cease, like he, if, if, if we had a referee and the referee's like, stop the fight, Ben would just keep going and, until, until someone just kind of th threw him off the guy. So I'll go Ben. Uh, sneaky wild card here is Sus. Uh, he seems like a gigantic softy, but man, if you put that guy in a ring, I, I could see him just kind of surprising everybody and just shanking people left and right. So I think that's probably what I'm going with. David Johnson's son does play football, but I, I don't know how much, how much uh, wrestling David Johnson has in him. What color combination would you pick for Ole Miss if it had to change from the Navy and Cardinal? Mm, I'm half colorblind anyway, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. But like, I would think if they if someone was like, "Hey, they got to change that," I would think they would try to incorporate the powder blue and gray and just become that. I don't know. Yeah, if you're talking like complete color schemes that are completely absent of red and blue, I like the uh, the Packers color scheme. I like the green and yellow. I think it's a really good look. Green and yellow is not bad. I think I like the 49ers too. Oh, that, but I guess but that's you red. can't do red. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. If you're just having to change from Cardinal and Navy, I'm probably, I guess, doing the powder blue gray thing. For but. sure. Uh, there are, I don't understand the people that don't like Ole Miss's. Uh, in continued incorporation of the powder blue. Like, I know it's not the traditional color or whatever, but it's a good color. And people outside of Mississippi really like it. And so if even so little, if other people are talking about your school and athletic department, no matter what the reason is, as long as it's positive, it's a good thing. And the powder blue gets people talking. People love the helmets. They love the baseball uniforms. The basketball 
jerseys need some work. Uh, but still, the powder blue is good for Ole Miss. People like it. And so just embrace it because it gives outside people more of a reason to talk about and like your program. And you kind of need anything you can get or have needed anything you can get until now. Yeah, but I think that's part of it. Like, I think people like the helmet. I think they like the uh, the baseball uniforms to a degree. Although, I wish there were some balance. I'm not a big uniform guy. I don't necessarily care, but I, I do. The, the It does become hard to look at for a while in baseball. I wish they would, like, balance it out with some white or something. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's when they try to do the basketball uniform, too. And there's, like, six different shades of powder blue this school uses. I don't really understand that part. I think that's part of some people's. Uh, like at a certain point, Ole Miss is going to be like, hey, the Powder Blues are back, and it's just going to be like a Kansas City Royals-type hat or something. And it's like, all right, come on now. Like, let's let's actually pick a shade here. So, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I think it, the football helmets look nice. Uh, but outside of that, everything else seems to be a little bit overkill. Eggnog fan or not, I've never been too crazy about it, but I think people use it as an excuse to get drunk on the holidays. Well, I don't think people need an excuse, but I see where you're going with that. I don't really like eggnog. I don't really like the way it tastes. Uh, I, I really like it. Uh, alcohol, no alcohol, I'll drink it. Got a bottle in the fridge right now. I like milk, but there's something about eggnog, and I don't really even know what else is in it. Like, I don't like hate it. But I have tried it a couple of times, <coughs> and I, I didn't really prefer the taste of it. It's an acquired um, taste. I didn't like it at first either. I, may have but, to, I mean, I've only had it once or twice, and I may have to get back into it this holiday season. If uh, Okay, so I get that – okay, this is stupid. I get that Trump was impeached. Does that mean is he still president, or does it have to go to the Senate and get 69% of the vote for us to find out that Epstein didn't kill himself? Congrats. You're internet popular. Um <laughs> Ole Miss All-Decade Baseball Team. You dropped oh, this on me two hours ago this morning. I, I would need a little bit of time for that, I guess. Oh, man. <sighs> that's that's like content that you should do leading up to baseball season. Yeah, whoever – uh, Cole Woods, please ask me this leading into baseball season because if I actually had time to sit down, I could probably come up with a pretty good team. But – uh, as of right now, that that's a lot. Uh, we have one more. What do you make of – wait. What expectations, if any, do you have for the XFL in February? Will there be a second season in 2021, or will this be a dud? Supposedly, this is a more financially stable version of the AAF, so I think it gets a year two. I don't really have any expectations for it, but I'm kind of interested to see how it does. I am too, and I'll try to watch. I'll just end up not caring. I liked the AAF for certain reasons. They had microphones on coaches and officials and in the replay booth, and some of the rule changes made sense. They, I mean, they got screwed. A guy basically stole their app interface and just folded the league. It's crazy. I mean, that story did not get covered enough, in my opinion. The, the, owner of a hockey team became a controlling partner and then dissolved the league just because he wanted the IP of the app software that they were using. I don't know if you ever used the uh, whatever it was called. Oh my God, what was it called? The AAF. Um, the app that they had, if you couldn't watch the game live, like on their website, they had play a tracker in all the players, and you could basically watch like an animated form of the game online. Interesting. 
And so this guy wanted that technology, so he got the controlling stake of the league and just folded it. And said, like, they had all the other people involved, like, wanted to keep it around and thought they could get out of the financial hole that they were in and, like, wanted to actually see it through. And he was just like, nah, screw that. I want, I got the technology. I'm out. See ya. And folded the league. Yeah, I remember that. Tom Dundon's the guy's name. Seems like a real sleazeball. But, yeah, I, I, as far as, like, the XFL goes, I hope it works. It'd be kind of cool to have a spring football league. I don't know how into it I'm going to get. I'll be interested to see what's different about it than the AAF. But I, I would say I'm interested, but not, like, dying to see it. I, if it does last a couple years, it will be kind of fascinating if they can actually like, cultivate fan bases and stuff. Because the original... Now what was it? What was the what was the Trump football league? Um, wasn't it this one? No, no, no. The XFL was the one that just lasted a year. This USFL, USFL actually oh, yeah. kind of worked, but they had some other issues that kind of folded the league, and they seemed to actually have fan base. I mean, they were signing like we were back in USFL days, like. Uh, uh, Mar- D- Marcus Dupree originally went to play for the XFL. They were, co- I mean, uh, USFL. Like they were signing dudes, major dudes out of college. Will this ever get to that point? I don't know. I doubt it. But uh, I will be kind of fascinated to see if they like once this gets off the like. You can get these leagues off the ground, but what's next after that is what's interesting to me. That's where they all seem to fail after they kind of start up in the initial wave, wave and buzz. Anyway. Let's get into the LB's pick them. Those were all the questions we had. We appreciate your Mailbag Friday submissions. A little bit of light crowd this uh, this week, but holiday season, understandable. Let, let's get into the LB's pick them. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Uh, go see Greg. He's got the gambling picks. I dropped the ball on that today. I wish we'd have had him on. I just kind of got caught up in some interview stuff yesterday and just completely forgot when I woke up this morning. But hopefully we can have on like Monday or something as we maybe do a longer podcast uh, to get you through the holiday season. But go see him, University Avenue across from Kroger, best place in Mississippi to get meat. It's got bacon wrap fillet specials, the Lane Kiffin special. He has the Keith Carter special, which I believe is a six ounce bacon wrap fillet. Lane Kiffin is an eight ounce bacon wrap fillet for ten and fifteen bucks respectively. They've got custom cuts, seafood, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can go get a plate lunch in there. He's always cooking up something really good, and you can go eat in there and then decide what you want to throw on the grill for later. Holiday season coming up. Go throw some stuff on the grill and let Greg help you figure out what you want to put on the grill. So University Avenue across from Gregor. Appreciate Greg sponsoring the podcast. He's fired up about Lane Kevin. It's definitely the best place in Mississippi to get meat, bar none. Uh, how do we want to do this? I guess we'll just do this weekend's bowl games and pick to the rest of the bowl season on Monday and then get to NFL. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. All right, here we go. Let's run through these. Today, college football-wise, starting in like a couple hours, you've got Buffalo and Charlotte. Will Healy's first ever bowl game looks like he is staying at Charlotte for another year. think he'll end up being a good coach, but young guy. Uh, you talk about a guy that you might find on Sorority Row at Ole Miss if you didn't know any better. He looks exactly like a freshman or a junior Sigma noob. So, uh, but Buffalo is minus six and a half in the Nassau Bahamas Bowl. I'm going to uh, go Charlotte. First ever bowl game, big program moment. These types of things seem to matter in bowl games. Yep, and then take the under. Uh, sustained 30 mile an hour wins there today. Really? Yeah. Good luck throwing the football today. It's a good point. Kent State and Utah State is the night cap tonight. Utah State is minus six and a half. Is Jordan Love playing the quarterback? I have no idea. 
I'm looking that up right now because we care about facts on this show. I'm going to do Jordan Love bowl game technology is a hell of a thing. Let's see. Uh, Jordan Love is a pretty good quarterback prospect uh, out of he Utah He was cited State. for pot three days ago. Oh. Uh, this is Adam Rittenberg from ESPN. Three Utah State players, according to Jordan Love, have been charged with possession of a controlled substance. Each face one misdemeanor charge after police responded to an apartment building Saturday night after being told several Utah State athletes were smoking marijuana. Well, also a track athlete involved in this. Well, I've got the Salt Lake Tribune pulled up, and the, people are going to be hard after this. After shooting up marijuana, he's going to be allowed to play in the bowl game. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So apparently doing marijuana aligns with the core's values with, uh, with Utah State. So <laughs> Jordan Love... Is uh, Jordan Love is playing in the bowl game uh, after committing a heinous crime. So uh, I'm glad they're letting him play in the bowl game. It's his last game. I kind of respect the I don't give a damn move. I mean, come on. Whatever. It's legal in some states anyway, whatever. Yeah. So he is playing in the game. So I think I'll go Utah State in this. Uh, They seem like a pretty good football team. I don't know a ton about Kent State. Again, these are the, I guess the early ones are kind of mostly the most fun because you don't know who the hell these teams are. So I'll go Utah State. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take them too. Whatever. Uh, Celebration Bowl, which I believe is that's basically the HBCU National Championship game, right? That game's actually kind of become a cool game at 11 a.m. on Saturdays. I've enjoyed that last couple of years. Alcorn State back in it again. They're plus two and a half against North Carolina A&T. I believe these two teams played last year, if I'm not mistaking. Uh, whatever. I'll go Mississippi School, Alcorn. Yeah, Alcorn's built a little bit of a dynasty, so they're going to keep it rolling. Started by Jay Hobson. Jay Hobson, I think, played in the first ever Celebration Bowl. Don't quote me on that but i think that's actually correct before he went to southern miss uh then you've got central michigan and san diego state uh central michigan is this does that McElwain? yeah it is yes it is well hopefully they don't drug test his players before this game because they will be finding the gas uh steroids that is i'll go san diego state i'll be a contrarian jim McElwain in central michigan okay georgia southern Liberty, 1.30 p.m. game, Georgia Southern minus four uh, against Pastor Hugh in the properly named Cure Bowl. I wonder who he's going to touch and cure of all their uh, ailments. Uh, (laughs) Or who's going to touch him. Yeah, Yeah, he is in Florida. I don't know the distance between Orlando and Tampa, but uh, somebody might want to keep a lid on that. I... uh, Whatever. I'll go Pastor Hugh. I'll go uh, Liberty plus four. I don't know why. There's a story, speaking of Hugh Freeze, in the, uh, the Ringer about him and the Falwells that I cannot wait to read. I can't imagine it will be very pretty, but um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, interesting place, that Liberty University. Um, almost it is like a perfect it's a marriage, though, all jokes aside. Like, it, it, there's no coincidence when he first kind of crawled back in the public spotlight. I've made this point a couple of times. Like, one of the first places he spoke was at Liberty. Like, him going there made a ton of sense for a number of reasons. Oh, of course. And uh, it's kind of like the Righteous Gemstones. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but man. Is that the uh, Adam Sandler movie? No. Uh, Righteous no, Gemstones. No, that's Uncut Gems. Yeah, Righteous Gemstones is a, uh, what was his name, Danny McBride, the guy from uh, Eastbound and Down. Yeah. Uh, and John Goodman's in it. It's about a, uh, a 
family that runs a mega church and they are uh, behind the scenes kind of shitty people that are only in it for the money. And I mean, they're rich and they have all these mansions and cars. And so it's, it's really funny. Uh, it's making fun of just that practice, the, uh, the for-profit mega church people. And, uh, so basically Joel Osteen pretty much. Yeah. But okay. on a, on a larger scale, uh, it's on HBO. It's actually really funny, but that's who I kept thinking at first, like they're talking about the Falwells, aren't they? But, um, it seemed to be all encompassing anyway, Georgia Southern is going to win the game. Um, but I'm going to read that ringer piece. And if it's good enough, I'll, uh, I'll tweet it out. So if you follow me, you can read it too. Uh, the FAU playing SMU in the Boca Raton Bowl. Obviously, no Lane Kiffin. That usually spells disaster in bowl games. Uh, not always, but interim coaches seem to sometimes uh, kind of struggle in bowl games. I'll go SMU here. I will, too, even though uh, I hope those kids win just because. Yeah, I know. They seem to like Kiffin. They uh, they had a hell of a year. I, 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 I hope I'm wrong. Florida International and Arkansas State in the Champion Bowl in Montgomery, or Crampton Bowl. No, no, I, I've got all this wrong. Camellia Bowl in a stadium that's now called the Crampton Bowl. Is that still the same? That's not Legion Field, is it? It is not. It's in Montgomery. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, no, that's, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Montgomery very much not Birmingham. I didn't know Montgomery, Alabama had a bowl game. Okay, Arkansas State minus two and a half. I'll go Arkansas State here, uh, but Butch Davis, FIU team, I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and the Crampton Bulls are actually a nice-looking little municipal stadium there, uh, believe it or not. It's small, but it's fitting for the actual bowl game. Uh, but, yeah, I'll go with you. Uh, Washington State, Boise State. Interesting game because this is Chris Peterson's last game at Washington. He's stepping down, and who would have thought his last game comes against the program he basically built from the ground up, Boise State. That's kind of some cool symmetry um, to end end his – I don't know if it's actually ending his coaching career. He just – from what I read into that, he just seems exhausted. And I know a lot of news – and I'm not making fun of this. I know a, a number of different media guys – and newspaper guys used his kind of stepping away as a launching point towards talking about how college coaches are having to do so much more than coach games now and the coddling and the transferring and the you know college kids and recruiting and it's more so just like babysitting. I do think they have a point, but this this early-ish kind of walking away retirement, whatever you want to call it, he seems exhausted. They use that as kind of a springboard into that story, which I think they have a point. I just kind of found that interesting. Yeah, and uh, you think they win one for the Gipper, huh? I think, but is there an element to this where Boise State's like, not that they're mad that he left, but they'd kind of like to get it, get him back on one? Because I don't think these teams have played since he's been at Washington. I don't think that so I either. remember. Uh, hmm. I'm going to go Boise State. I don't really trust Jake Eason in that Washington offense. I think Washington will win. Just one more time for Coach. Okay, New Orleans Bowl, 8 p.m. ESPN Saturday night. Uh, I've always, for whatever reason, found this game kind of cool. They, it's kind of a big deal for these teams in these two conferences, Conference USA and Sunbelt. Saturday night, always a late game on the first Saturday night of bowl season. UAB, App State. App State's getting a... Uh, App State is minus 16 and a half here uh, without Eli Drinkowitz. I'll go the Blazers. Why not? They looked like hell in their conference championship game, but they also are not replacing their coach. So I'm with you. Then we have Monday leading into Christmas. Oh, no, we'll be back on a Monday. So we'll stop there and then we'll flip over to the NFL. 
where you have three Saturday games that are going to be really good. You have the first off, you've got first game on Saturday is Texans Bucks, which has now been I can't find the line for that on this site I'm using. Let's uh, see, Houston Texans. minus three. They're still favored on the road. I'm gonna go uh, Bucks. I'm gonna go Bucks here. I, I think the Bucks are playing really well. I'm rooting for the Texans to lose so the Titans can kind of have another crack at them in Week 17 for the division. Bucks here. Yeah, same here. I mean, and Jameis will have a 5,000-yard-plus season this year, believe it or not. Yeah, he's good when he doesn't turn the ball over. The problem is, problem is he's going to turn the ball over. All three Saturday games are awesome. You've got Bills Patriots at uh, in Foxborough, New England, minus 6.5. I'm going to go Buffalo here. I am, too. The Patriots' offense just stinks out loud right now. Yeah, and Buffalo coming off a big win. They're getting in the playoffs. If Buffalo wins, like it does, I mean, I granted the the Patriots are playing the Dolphins in Foxborough Week 17. They're going to beat them, but the Patriots are going to have to win a game in Week 17 to win their division, which is about as close as anyone's pushed them in this entire Brady Belichick era. You know, aside from the year that they finished 11 and five with Matt Castle when Brady got hurt and uh, the Dolphins won the division. But, like, just to say that, I think the Bills have pushed them really more than any team has in this pretty much this entire run, definitely in the last decade. So I'll go Buffalo here, even though the Patriots are going to win the division at Week 17. But I'll go Buffalo winning the game outright. How about that? Ooh, I'm just going to take the points, but uh, I like that pick. Uh, San Francisco is minus 6.5 against the Rams. Um, Saturday night game at home in San Francisco. The Rams are coming off a bad defeat where it really kind of hurt them in playoff position. The uh, Or the Niners are, excuse me. Um, and the Rams are coming off a bad one that pretty much eliminated their postseason contention. I don't really trust Jared Goff, even though he's playing in warm weather. That offense looks terrible. I, I think the Niners rolled him. I think so, too. Uh, and what has happened to Sean McVay and the Rams, huh? I think they gave money to the wrong dudes. Like, like Goff needs McVay more so than maybe any other quarterback needs a coach in, in football right now. And then they gave Gurley a gigantic contract, and he doesn't look the same. And they paid a bunch of dudes on defense, and they don't have any draft picks. They're just kind of hamstrung. We're going to talk about that today on the radio show, uh, now that you mention it, about um, overpaying quarterbacks that don't produce to the level that they should. We're going to talk about that today. Because I think he's a good example. I think Carson Wentz is a good example of why you don't throw massive contracts at just okay quarterbacks. I agree. I'd like to see Wentz with some talent around him at first, uh, first though, because he did kind of win that game single-handedly last week, though it was the Redskins. Uh, but, yeah, that's an interest because uh, there's a lot of teams just doing it because the market says to do it, and that's what they get, and you, quarterbacks don't grow on trees. But at some point, the market has to correct itself, and these average quarterbacks are getting $30 million is kind of crazy. Denver getting a full touchdown with Drew Locke against the Lions at home in Denver. I think I'm going to go Detroit, uh, Denver here because Detroit's pass defense is horrendous. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Even though I, I was on uh, on board with you with the Lions being better, but uh, yeah, Denver even the seven points at home. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers minus seven at home against the Ra Oakland Raiders, who were playing on the road in the final two weeks after a crushing loss last week to kind of end their time in the Coliseum. What a terrible game! I guess I'll go Oakland because LA's not any good. 
Yeah, and I mean, I guess, are they still in the playoff hunt? So they've got a little bit more to play for? I mean, no, I think that technically eliminated them last week. That's that's just terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that, talk about all time worst ways to like end an error. Like, if you're talking like worst losses, just like gut wrenching wise, that's got to be up there, right? I mean, the way that yeah, game, very ended, considering the stakes. Franchise. Yeah, I mean, geez. I kind of feel bad for their fans. And I actually kind of like, I think he's not very self aware, but I do kind of like Derek Carr. I think he's a nice guy. I, I like Gruden. I kind of root for Gruden to be okay, but that was, that was a mess. Uh, they got to get better defensively. Atlanta's getting a touchdown at home against Jacksonville this weekend. Atlanta's playing like a pretty good football team. Jacksonville coming off an interesting win. This is an interesting game. I'll go Atlanta, though, at home. They're playing a lot better. Significantly better to the point where they may be justified in keeping Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn's a good coach. I think that last year or the last couple of years has just kind of been a product of injuries and just getting to the peak and literally having the Super Bowl trophy in your hands and having it ripped out of you. I'd run that back. I'd run this group back one more time. And if they suck next year, uh, blow it up is what I would do. So I think I'm going Atlanta here. Tennessee plus two and a half at home against the Saints in a game that Tennessee really, really they don't have to have it. I don't guess, but they, they really, really need it. I'm going to go – I know Homer pick here, but I'm going to go the Titans because I, I, I think they really, really need this game. And I think that defense will give Breeze and the Saints offense some problems, particularly on the road outside. Yeah, that's not where he's at his best. Um, interested to see what the Saints do in the secondary with um, a pretty good wide receiver group from Tennessee. Uh, I, I The Saints should win the game. They should, but um, – I'll take the two points on the road, or the two yeah. points for the home team. The Titans really, really have to have that. Washington Redskins, what a game this is. Minus one and a half at home against the uh, the New York Giants, whatever. Haskins played okay last week. I'll go the Redskins. Giants are awful. Eli's not playing, I don't think. Or maybe he is. Maybe it's just not. That was his home send-off. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that as well. New York Jets plus three and a half at home against the Steelers. This is an interesting game for the Steelers because they're kind of hanging on to the whole wild card thing by a thread. They need to win. Uh, I forget who they have in week 17, but I'm pretty sure it's a tough opponent. I'm about to look that up. They have to have this game. I'm going to go again. This is just a homer pick because I need to root for them. I'm going to go the Jets here uh, because I think the book's kind of out on Duck Hodges, and I really need the Titans to get in the playoffs. It's one way, whether it be a wild card of the division. So Jets plus three and a half at home is what I'm going with. Statement game from Sam Darnold in this one. Okay, I like that a lot. He's been okay. His team around him stinks. They've had a record number of injuries, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I think they actually kind of have something going into next year. Call me crazy, but I think they could be okay if they fix some things up defensively and actually get him some receivers. They have Baltimore in Week 17, so if the if the Steelers don't win this, they're they're in a lot of trouble. That's going to be tough to close out a wild card berth. Which just the fact that they're still in it right now with a dude named Duck Hodges is fairly impressive in their in its own right. Um, the Tank for the number one pick bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals can absolutely lock up the number one pick and possibly Joe Burrow with a loss. They are a one-point favorite on the road at Miami. 
uh, oh, give me the Dolphins here. They're getting a point at home against the Bengals who don't want to win the game. Yeah, and they're rolling Andy Dalton out there again. Yeah, the Dolphins are going to win this game. Easily. Yeah, I think easily. That's kind of shocking to me. Uh, Indianapolis is minus six and a half. What a God, there's some really awful games this week. Uh, what Indianapolis is minus six and a half at home against the Panthers who have pretty much quit. I think Brissett's a good quarterback. I don't think they've been the same team with a non-healthy T.Y. Hilton and some of the other receivers that they had early in the year that got injured. I think they kind of have something there because when they were fully healthy, they were kind of a tough team to deal with. They went at a very slow pace. They played pretty good defense. They were 5-2 and two at one point. I'll go with the Colts here. Yeah, and uh, Will Greer getting his first NFL start on Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, uh, I forgot that Kyle Allen got hurt. So, I'll, yeah, I'll go Indy here. Is that where you're going? Yeah, going to take them. I, I have a feeling Will Greer might really struggle. Cleveland, this is an this is actually kind of interesting in some way. Cleveland is a plus 10 home underdog to the Baltimore Ravens, who the, one of the more inexplicable results of the year was week, I guess that was week two or week, week three, when Cleveland just destroyed Baltimore. I think Baltimore kind of remembers that once a vengeance for it. And this is the kind of game, if there are really any any doubts left as to whether they want to fire Freddie Kitchens, this seems like a week 16 home game where it just becomes disastrous and they get blown out like 30 to 10, 35 to 10 or something. I'm going to go Baltimore big. Yeah, Cleveland's going to get run the hell out of the stadium in this one, man. Yeah, I think if you like, this would be kind of the last chapter in, in Freddie, Freddie Kitchens' whole deal. Uh, game of the week as far as just like implications go, Dallas and Philadelphia. Uh, pretty much decides the division. Uh, Philadelphia is getting two points at home. I can't figure out this, but I think I'm going to go Dallas because I think they are a better team and have a higher ceiling than than Philly does. I usually would agree. I just I don't know about this shoulder with uh, with Dak. And if, you, if you've got oh, a Dak Prescott, that's limited. That in, I completely forgot. Yeah, so I'm going to go Philly because of that. I'm going to stick with it, but I, I, I didn't factor that in. Uh, Arizona is plus nine and a half against the Seahawks at Seattle. So Seattle minus nine and a half in Seattle. I'm going to go Arizona here. Seattle's played okay the last couple weeks, but they just kind of win close games. So I'm going to say it's too many points. Yeah, that is too many points, but I still might take Seattle. I mean, they're in a collision course. I need Seattle to win this game. Actually, losing this game would be great. No, I have no idea. Actually, now what do I what I want? I just know that I need Green Bay to lose and Seattle to lose while also beating San Francisco. Okay, so uh, pretty simple scenario there. It sounds like uh, yeah. Sunday night football game. Lose to Arizona, beat San Francisco, and Green Bay lose on Monday. That's what needs to happen. The Saints will be the one seed again. Who that? Uh, Sunday night football game. Chicago Bears plus six at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I'm going to go Chiefs here. Bears had a tough loss last week. They're out of the playoffs race. Tough defense, but I don't trust Mitch. The Chiefs are kind of the team uh, laying in the weeds in the AFC that no one's talking about. Their defense is playing better. They added Terrell Suggs. Like They seem to have kind of figured some stuff out defensively. They still kind of stink against the run, but they played much better of lately, and no one's really talking about them like they were last year. I, I think I'm going to go Chiefs here, and I kind of like their chances in the playoffs. They did, did beat they did beat Baltimore. People do kind of forget about that. Yeah, and it seems like Mahomes is getting healthier. Uh, so I'm with you. 
And then the last one of the weekend, a really nice Monday night game, last Monday night game of the year because they don't play one in week 17. Minnesota minus five and a half at home against the Green Bay Packers in a game that I think is pretty much if the Packers win, we'll lock it up for the Packers. But uh, Minnesota will be in a pretty good spot if they win this. So not necessarily for the division, but winner, and this is, increases their chances ton. Packers, if they win this, essentially lock it up if I, if I have that correctly. So I don't really trust Green Bay, but that's a lot of points to give Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I'll go... Mm, I don't know about this. I think I'll go Minnesota, actually. Minnesota wins this. They they, they are tied with the Packers at 11-3, and three, and they split. I don't know who would get the tiebreaker because that would mean they split the season series. So I'm going to go Minnesota here. They need it more. Yeah, um, I was thinking in my head they're going to win outright, but they're the they're the favorite. So uh, yeah, uh, Minnesota's going to win this game and uh, really help me out. And that was pretty much all we got. That was our LBs pick them. Uh, hopefully, I'll get Greg on to do the rest of bowl season uh, on Monday. That was just kind of my bad. But go see him at University Avenue across from Kroger LBs, best place in Mississippi to get meat without a doubt. Uh, LB's got it going on. Lane Kiffin special, six ounce bacon wrap or eight ounce bacon wrap fillet, fifteen bucks. The Keith Carter special, six ounce bacon wrap fillet for ten bucks. Uh, go see him. They've got daily specials. They've got plate lunches, all kinds of stuff, custom cuts. Uh, you can go in there and get some lunch. Decide what you want to get. Throw on the grill later for dinner. Greg's got it going on at LB's. They've got sides, all kinds of different stuff. So go see him. We appreciate Greg sponsoring the podcast. I think that's all we got today. That was a solid mailbag Friday. We'll be back at it. On Monday, and then that'll probably be it for us for the uh, till after the new year. We may do something like Thursday or Friday after New Year's, um, something like that. But I think that'll pretty much be it for us. You got anything else? No, that's it, man. I'm going to go feed a baby. All right. Well, we'll be back on Monday. So I'm not going to wish anyone a Merry Christmas yet because people that do that too frequently annoy me. So uh, good luck to your son, and I will see everyone <laughs> or we'll talk to you again on Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.